Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. A legal victory for Democrats in the impeachment inquiry. Washington Chief U.S. District Judge Beryl Howell ordered the Justice Department to turn over grand jury materials from special counsel Robert Mueller's report in an opinion that rejected a central claim advanced by Republicans in challenging impeachment. Joining me is Stephen Vladek, a constitutional law professor at the University of Texas Law School. This was a 75-page opinion. What's the essence of what Judge Howell decided? So I think the heart of Chief Judge Howell's opinion is that the Justice Department does have to comply with Congress's request for the thus far redacted grand jury materials that were part of the Mueller investigation. Congress had requested those materials as part of its ongoing impeachment investigation. The Justice Department had said we can't comply because these are protected by the rules governing grand jury secrecy. And Chief Judge Howell's opinion basically says this is an exception because there is an ongoing legal proceeding in which those materials might be relevant. Many Republicans have been arguing that the House didn't vote to start the impeachment inquiry, and so it's invalid or illegitimate. In fact, Senator Lindsey Graham has introduced a resolution calling it illegitimate. What did Judge Howell say about that? I mean, she basically laughed it out of court, June. You know, I think Judge Howell's opinion is perhaps more important on rejecting that argument that the House has to formally vote to authorize an impeachment investigation than it is for the bottom line, which is because it doesn't, these grand jury materials need to be turned over. You know, I think a lot of folks have been arguing for weeks that this really was a specious argument, that there's nothing in the Constitution or the House's rules that require any particular procedure in the House up to the moment when the House decides to formally approve articles of impeachment. And, you know, Chief Judge Howell's opinion, I think, is probably more important in hopefully putting that argument to bed once and for all as compared to the more modest takeaway of the actual bottom line, which is handing over these particular grand jury documents. This is one federal judge. She is the chief judge of the district court in D.C. What's the significance of her opinion? Well, I think it's significant in two respects. First, I think Chief Judge Howell is widely respected in D.C. I don't think she is viewed as an extremist by anybody. I think folks generally take her rulings very seriously. But second, I also think that she both deliberately and even if not deliberately, I think there's no way in which she also isn't speaking for what I suspect is going to be the final word of the D.C. Circuit, the Federal Appeals Court in Washington, to which President Trump's lawyers have already said he's going to appeal this decision. And I think that just drives home that the judges on this issue are generally lined up with the House, not on the merits of what the president's done and whether that's impeachable, but on the notion that the House is allowed to proceed in the manner that it has thus far been proceeding in. Chief Judge Howell also tackled the issue of the president's claim that he's immune from indictment while in office, according to an Office of Legal Counsel opinion. Yeah, I mean, that was the other thing that that I think really stood out from Chief Judge Howell's opinion is she says, even though the Justice Department has concluded that a sitting president can't be criminally indicted, that's just the Justice Department. The issue has never been decided by a court, and there are reasons to actually doubt that courts would agree with the Justice Department if and when we got there. I think that's part of the broader just gist of this ruling, June, which is the administration and the president are making all kinds of 
pretty novel arguments about Congress's lack of power in this space. And Chief Judge Howell is basically saying these arguments are novel for a reason, that there's a lot of precedent supporting the way Congress is acting here. There's no text that says Congress has to go in any particular order. And so the notion that whether it's because the president can't be indicted or whether it's because there's historical examples of the House voting earlier in the process, the notion that those somehow preclude Congress from proceeding, Chief Judge Howell really says that's just not true and it's high time we said so. Trump's former deputy national security advisor, Charles Kupperman, he's been called to testify at the impeachment inquiry. He's asking a judge to decide whether he has to testify to Congress, saying he faces irreconcilable commands, a subpoena from House Democrats requiring him to cooperate, and an order from the White House not to testify. How is a judge likely to rule on this? Well, I mean, I think, first of all, it's not clear that those demands are irreconcilable because he doesn't work for the White House anymore. Historically, the principal lever that the White House had to prevent folks from testifying was their continued employment in the executive branch. When we're talking about former government officials, it's not clear to me it's quite as dire a sort of a, a conundrum. But, June, I think the reality is that the courts are likely going to side largely, maybe not entirely, but largely with the House in these cases because the House has the power to investigate the executive branch for impeachment or other oversight. Part of that investigation surely includes these kinds of conversations. There may be more specific lines of questioning, June, or documents that are requested that are protected by some kind of executive privilege. But the notion that the House just generally is powerless or that these kinds of former White House aides are categorically immune from having to even testify, I think is really beyond the pale, and I think the courts are going to say so. So, you know, I think we'll get decisions, more decisions, like Chief Judge Howell's decision, rejecting these categorical arguments from President Trump and his lawyers. Then we get into the weeds of the more specific case-by-case assertions of privilege or other grounds to, you know, block testimony. And there, I think it'll be more of a mixed bag, but only once we've really sort of put to rest the notion that there's something categorically and structurally wrong about what the House is doing thus far. Has the president lost each of the attempts to suppress information that have gone to the courts? Has he lost each of those battles? June, the short answer is yes. I mean, there isn't a single case yet where the executive branch has won one of these in the courts. But You know, here we are in October of 2019 with the presidential election 13 months away with a new Congress 15 months away. And so the president is losing all of these cases in court, and yet none of them have led to a final judgment yet. And so I think from the president's perspective, losing may not mean these district court decisions like the one from Chief Judge Howell. Losing might just mean, you know, having one of these decisions affirmed by the Supreme Court. And from that perspective, June, I think it's going to be very tricky to get these cases all the way up and decided before next year's elections and before the new Congress takes over in January of 2021. Steve, it is possible that the Supreme Court could refuse one of these cases, isn't it? Especially if there are no conflicting appellate court decisions. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible that the Supreme Court won't step in. I, you know, it's hard to be confident that faced with the president of the United States asking the Supreme Court to step in, that there aren't at least four justices who would say, even if we're going to rule against him, if he asks, we owe him as a matter of institutional respect our time. And I think that's the concern about the timing, is that if that argument holds sway among four justices, which, as you know, is all it takes to grant a case, it could easily be the middle of next term before a case gets argued, and then a decision could be mooted by the intervening elections. Thanks, Steve. That's Stephen Vladek of the University of Texas Law School. 
Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg.